If you are a high school football fan in Central Virginia, this is the week that you've been waiting for. This is the week that things have been building toward in the Jefferson District. We will get to that later in the program. That is called a tease, Bart. Uh, This is the Scrimmage Play Podcast. I am Damon Dillman, joined by Bart Isley, and we are getting you ready for week eight and also looking back at week seven of the high school football season here in Central Virginia. And Bart, let's begin as we do each week with your Offensive Player of the Week. Landon Ellis, that big game, big win for Woodbury, and he had a big game to help the Tigers get that win. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy, you know, we knew what kind of potential. We put him on the scrimmage play preseason cover for a reason. Uh, We know what kind of potential the guy has as as a pass catcher. Uh, He is a fantastic wide receiver, just knows how to play the game, um, has – you know, you could see at times in the game with collegiate, you know, they're still working. Harley Shuford is still kind of finding his way at quarterback. He played really well, but still kind of finding his way a little bit. And you could see moments where Ellis was like, nope, that, nope, that wasn't it. And they would throw it to Ellis and he knew it wasn't the right call. So I mean, he has an incredible football IQ. Um, he's just a smart guy. Uh, and I think that that really changed things for the Woodbury offense because suddenly you couldn't load up against Donovan Baker. Um, which is the key to the whole thing for them is that you've got to, you've got to find a way to stop Donovan Baker. And it becomes increasingly more challenging to do that. If Landon Ellis is stretching the field vertically and they just didn't have anybody who could really do that. Um, Jaden Ferguson is fantastic, especially when they get him involved in sort of jet sweep type stuff, but realistically they needed Landon Ellis and it clearly made a massive difference because as soon as they took that top off the defense and the, and collegiate had to check that a really good collegiate team was suddenly having trouble stopping the run and Baker just kind of ran all over him in that second half. So Ellis is not just a game changer for the two touchdowns. He's a game changer for the threat that he brings uh, on the field and an easy choice for offensive player of the week. And, you know, really impressive by him to stay focused, get back to the field after a broken collarbone at like one of the worst times that could have happened right before the season started. So, um, I mean, even at the photo shoot, we were worried about whether he was going to be able to lift his arm up. So, um, you know, we, we knew he, he was, he was, he already had the broken collarbone then. So I, hopefully we're going to see big things from him down the stretch this year. I know you have a few other guys you want to make mention of on the offensive side of the ball had some really good games despite losing last Friday last weekend I should say absolutely man two quarterbacks that yeah they took losses but they put in big time work uh Amaje Parker uh guy counted for 179 yards passing 135 on the ground tremendous performance ill-advised spike uh aside I mean (laughs) he kept him in that ball game man he really kind of put him on his shoulders and I think that's the kind of thing that will pay major dividends down the road uh, for Almar because it, it we can see what kind of player this guy is now and is going to be over the next couple of years. And it's it, he's got the chance for a really special run if he stays healthy over the next couple of years. And then Paul Poirier, man, the guy is a warrior. He's just taking shot after shot from a Louisa defense that just keeps coming. And he had 183 yards passing, 119 on the ground had to shake off a tough first half and he was able to get it done. Just really impressive. And then Blue Ridge, uh, the big, the big target out there, DeArmond Stewart, five catches, 132 yards, two TDs. When they run into a team that cannot guard him, 
uh, they find him. And he, they obviously ran into a Norfolk Christian team that couldn't guard him, and they got Stewart in the mix. Camden Brewer is putting up massive numbers uh, out there. A Blue Ridge quarterback in Stewart is a, a big reason why. So it's a lot of fun to see some of these guys coming up. We're starting to see some bigger numbers as the offense is really getting into gear uh, right now. And, and, you know, it's fun to see those guys who really have to kind of carry their squads, and, and some of these guys are just really doing it every week. Jumping over to the defensive side of the ball, you talked about Amaje Parker and the way he played in that loss for Albemarle. Obviously, that was a huge road win for Western on Friday night, and we'll get even deeper into that a little bit later. But, but yeah, Ross Bassett, your defensive player of the week for the role he played in that that big one point win on the road. Yeah, it definitely. It, this is an individual award, but this is really uh, Bassett stepping in as uh, accepting for the team, like when a director accepts for the whole squad at the Academy Awards. I mean, that is a really impressive team effort. Uh, a lot of yards uh, to Almar, but not very many points. Um, and Bassett was a, a big reason why, man. Eight tackles, uh, huge outing. The guy just is in his place. You're never going to see. I just, I don't think maybe it'll happen, but like, I don't think that the Western defense is designed to have one guy have 15 tackles. The, the days of, let's, I'm going to kick it way back here, but like Mitchell Parks from 2009, like that, that's not, that's not going to happen anymore. You're not going to see a guy stack up 12 or 15 in this Western defense because it's designed to have everybody play their role, play that base. And you're not really, you're not seeing a, a lot of attacking. They're just so fundamentally sound. So um, Ross Bassett did his job in on eight tackles or in on, I think, you know, has eight total tackles. So he was in on 12 of them. So really impressive effort all the way around from the, from the linebacker for the Warriors. And wrapping up the week with your other defensive outstanding performances that you want to make note of. CJ Tiles is in here because the rip and run is just a classic play. I mean, that, that was in our top five plays. He just rips the ball away from the Charlottesville offensive player and takes it to the house the other way. Uh, That's just a guy taking over a play. Um, really, really impressive. Talos keeps coming up with these kind of game-changing defensive plays, which makes you think maybe he's got a chance to make an impact uh, at the next level on that side of the ball. He's got that UVA offer. Maybe he ends up there. So, um, And then if there's one thing, like we get accused of a lot of biases at, at scrimmage play, no question about that. But if there's one bias that we have, it's undersized linemen playing out of position. Like, <laughs> I mean, And Nate Aramillo, man, he is crushing crushing it at blue ridge right now uh undersized guy he is not he's not gonna jump off the page to you from a size perspective but he is relentless he's playing up there on the defensive front he's knifing in he's making all kinds of plays undersized beast nine tackles really good effort from him so um just impressive guy all the way around and like i said we're we're biased towards if you're an undersized lineman we're, we're in on it another scrimmage play bias Offensive linemen who have strong performances. Off- Hence the CNG uh, paving road grader of the week. Absolutely. Yes, that brings us to our CNG paving <laughs> road grader of the week. How's that segue? Uh, yeah, obviously that big win for Fluvanna against Monticello. Scott Fulton was a big part of that, literally, for the role he played, the way Fluvanna was able to move the ball on the ground in that game. Yeah, I think Fulton is, is- – standout guard for Fluvanna County. They rushed for 314 yards against Monticello. Finally, you know, we know that's been the identity for Fluvanna for a while, but it, it is, it's been tough. They've gotten kind of thrown off with Kobe Edmonds's injury. Um, and they've kind of had to be, you know, had to figure things out in that backfield. Owen Leydig really had a, a game that showed a step forward uh, against Monticello 
314 rushing yards is good no matter who the opponent is. Uh, but Monticello is a team that has been steadily figuring it out on that side of the ball. Um, and Scott Fulton just was mashing people. Uh, a senior uh, guard, he's just he's tough, he's relentless. And I think that it's it's exciting to see you know what Fluvanna was able to do. It was like you said, it's a huge win for them. And then to see all those guys kind of step up, they they play a heavy rotation on the offensive line and the tight ends block, uh, got a block. They're not pass catchers in that wing T. Uh, but you got Grant Brown at guard as well, Matt Banton at center, Jared Morris at tackle, Bryson Baber at tackle, Austin Moore at tight end, and then you got Linwood Perkins rotating at guard and Matt Panis at tackle. They stay, they're pretty deep and they rotate guys a lot. Um, and, and a lot of them are playing on both sides of the ball to make sure, make sure they're fresh on, on both sides of the ball. And you hope that that's the kind of win that helps Fluvanna kind of get back on track. Um, but they certainly have had some key injuries that have kind of, kind of thrown them off a little bit, but good, good to see them get a win and to roll up 314, 314 is a lot of yards, no matter who you're playing. All right. Now, before we turn our attention to obviously the game on Friday night, the big one, we want to thank Scrimmage Play Podcast presenting sponsor CNG Paving. If you want your paving or asphalt job done right the first time, you want CNG to knock it out. With 30 years of experience under owner Jeff Gray, this family-owned local business has been taking care of roads, parking lots, and driveways across Central Virginia for decades. And with a five-star rating on Facebook, you know they're going to get it right. Give them a call at 540-456-6179. For a free estimate, give them a call today. And with that, we turn our attention to week eight here in Central Virginia. And when you talk week eight in Central Virginia, this is the game that I think we were talking about it before we got started here. We were trying to remember the last time there was a local game of this magnitude here in Central Virginia. I went back to that Monticello-Louisa game in 2017 when both teams were undefeated. There are obviously some Western Monticello games over the last decade that had a lot of implications, but Obviously, when you start talking about the class four implications in this one, beyond the Jefferson District implications, Western hosting Louisa, unbeaten Western hosting one loss Louisa on Friday night. This, this, this is going to be a fun one to yeah, make an understatement. Oh, big time! I mean, it, and the thing is, is that like you said, that region element kind of adds something to it. This may not be the only te- time they see each other. Um, you know, we we saw the first you know, seedings that came out, the power rankings that came out from the VHSL, Western's number one, Louise's number six. I think people need to understand that that wasn't a judgment call on the VHSL's part. That's a math call. Um, the bottom line is Western got a big bonus points jump from beating Albemarle. And Louise is going to get a chance to get a big bonus point jump by beating Albemarle later. Um, and I think there's people, I think people get caught up in some of that stuff, but that's the reason that that's happening. You know, but we are seeing, you know, for the first time in a long time, power pole uh, for us, we're seeing it. We saw a shift and Western is the new number one. So yeah. First time since 2016. Yeah. I mean, so it, like you're talking about, you know, two teams that at least from what the body of work that we've seen look pretty even. Um, you know, I think that what's going to be interesting is that, you know, Louisa has had a chance to really be tested with the King George game. You know, Western now has had a chance to really be tested with that Albemarle game. Um, and I think that, you know, some of this really comes down to, you know, what can you do when you get off schedule? Because you know these two teams are going to try and take away the other team's strength. You know 
Western is going to you know, make sure that they are playing run fit football, that they are playing responsibility football, that they're getting it done on that front because they do not, you know, you know, when you play Louisa, you don't want to get beat by the run because you know, that's coming. Um, but at the same time, you've got to be able to mark some of these guys. Jalen Beach is fast, fast. Chase Smith is fast, fast. I mean, they got these guys on the edge who can really kind of give you some problems. And then eventually they just start flexing Jordan Smith out there. And you got to guard Jordan Smith on one-on-one. And I don't want to do that. I don't want any part of that. Um, I mean, there's a lot of speed on the edge as well for, for Louisa. So it's going to be interesting to see what they kind of bring to the game plan um, because you just know how fundamentally, fundamentally sound Western is going to be. And on the flip side, Western has been running the crap out of the ball. I mean, they just, they are giving it whoever, whether that the technical term. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go with it. I mean, it's (laughs) whether it's Caden Morrow or whether it is uh, Keaton, whether it is uh, Dakota Howell. I mean, like they got guys who can run and they are getting in behind that offensive line that is not huge, but is very technically sound and still has some big bodies on it. And they are trying to run the ball and they're trying to control it. They're trying to run those eight, 10, 12 yard drives and they're trying to kind of hold it, which is something that, you know, Louisa's done in the past to people. Louisa can flip that switch and go to that, that mode still. So I think, you know, I think we're going to see some unsung heroes in this one, some guys who can, you know, step up. I think it's going to be some guys that maybe we haven't talked about all week that are going to have to come up with those plays and, and make something happen. And let's not ignore the fact that Landon Wilson, it's almost like we know what kind of quarterback that guy is, but it's almost like there's so many guys who are playing good, you know, really well quarterback wise right now that maybe sometimes we forget about Landon, but Landon is darn well might be the best quarterback in this whole district. And, you know, when they turn to him, they're going to get some things that are special. I mean, he can move, create, he, he's just a little combination of both. He can either run downhill on you or he can buy time back there and create something, or he can be right on schedule. Like he was with a couple of plays, uh, you know, deep seam balls. I mean, like he just does a little bit of everything and he is a tremendous quarterback. So that is going to be a real challenge for Western to figure out is how do you guard a team where 11 guys can really kind of make plays and really make things happen. And maybe it ends up being a guy like Nathan Simon over for Western on the offensive side at quarterback that has to come up with some plays, has to meet that um, and and, and figure that piece out. But the bottom line is like, it's going to be how, it plays out. Like if Western jumps out ahead, it becomes really difficult to play against Western because they're really good at holding on to a lead. Gooshland can tell you that. Um, And then on the flip side, if Louisa jumps out and and they're in the lead, it becomes increasingly difficult for Western because Louisa is a really dynamic offensively. and can do so many different things and B they're really sound defensively too. It's tough to get back into that game against them. And you got to be able to throw if you're going to make that kind of comeback. And Western has shown an ability at times to throw. They've got some guys on the edge you can throw, but they have not, that's not been the piece of their identity. That's not been the, de- the defining you know, quality for them. So I think it's going to be really, really interesting to see how this one plays out. A ton of really good players in it. Um, should, should be a lot of fun. The other question I have is, what do you think that environment's going to be like in Crozet on Friday night? Because it's it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I wasn't at the Albemarle Western game, but you could tell just from the videos, you could tell from what was going on that that was loud, loud. <laughs> um, and we know how Louisa travels, and you know that's going to be loud, and we know how loud the Western Albemarle student section is. I mean, they are loud. So, yeah, it, it's going to be a really intense environment. There's going to be a lot of scrapping, a lot of physical play. That was – 
one thing about the Louisa Orange game was just the physicality was really impressive. Um, and the Western Goochland game was similar. So now you're talking about two teams that have been in those kind of physical battles. Uh, I, I think it could be really interesting. A lot of hard hitting, uh, a lot of smashing might, might turn it could turn into a war of attrition, you know? So um, I, I don't know. This one has the potential to go a ton of different ways. And I think that's part of what makes it really exciting. I believe the term you've used in the past is big boy football. Yo, this is definitely big boy football. You have to bring your big boy pants. You <laughs> better bring your big pants. boy pants Friday and Crozet. No question about it. When it happens, you'll know. Bring a change just in case. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I suspect we will be talking more about Western Louisa next week as we look back on this week eight here in Central Virginia. And then, yeah, one step closer to the playoffs. And, and this game will also maybe uh, clear up the playoff picture in the region a little bit more we'll see but it'll be interesting to see how it all kind of shakes out like we said just such a pivotal game so many implications on friday night in crozet it'll be interesting to kind of look back on it and see where things stand after the smoke clears so but that's another story for another week here on the scrimmage play podcast that's going to wrap things up here this week for bart isley i am damon dillman want to thank you for joining us and we will be back here next week for week nine